This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Okay, we're jumping into the word now. How many of you guys were really, really, really upset when this whole COVID-19 thing hit the market or hit the world? You were really upset. Now, don't lie to me now, okay? You were really upset that your Amazon Prime purchases were delayed. Okay, hands anyone? You're like, I got to wait two weeks? Like, dude, I'm paying extra money for Prime shipping. That's the only reason why Amazon, they show suck. I need overnight, baby. Come on, you know? Those, I don't know what it is you order, like, you know, but you want it now, right? And it, it slows us down. But, um, and maybe, so one of the things that upset me was not really Amazon Prime shipping. I was on the road the other day, and this is terrible, guys, because I was stuck in a traffic jam. Like, what in the world, man? Like, come on, the roads were so empty, and I enjoyed not having any traffic, and now it's like bumper-to-bumper traffic again. But I say that to say, things are slowly coming back to a new normal, you know? The the usual things, you know, the traffic jams, car horns, people yelling, people shouting. Uh, I was out the other day, and I saw restaurants, you know, people crowding up and and trying to find tables outside in restaurants, and people are, you know, slowly coming out of their homes, and things are going back to normal. We're in the book of Ecclesiastes. And one of the things that Solomon does a lot as he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes things that are very high in contrast. And he writes about seasons, how seasons will change from one very drastic season to another extreme of a season. Now listen to me very carefully. If you don't get this, you're not going to get this message. We're going to go from being stuck in our home to once again going out and being social and being out and about. And if we're not careful, we're going to go from one meaningless existence into a new season of meaningless existence. Okay? And to take it a little further, you can go from one meaningless existence of life into a meaningless existence into eternity without Jesus. Okay? We've got to be very careful. We've got to be very careful with how we live our life. Now, this, this, is, this means a lot to me because God's really been convicting me of this. Christianity can become a meaningless existence. You can be a Christian who believes a heresy, even though you know everything about Jesus, but you don't have love for him. You don't receive the love for him. You're not walking out of love for him. And you can be living a very heretical life, a life that's opposed to the gospel because you're going from one meaningless thing to the next meaningless thing. Let me give you another illustration. You might be fired up for Jesus right now, sitting in your living room with your Bible open, your notes ready to go. You got your coffee going. But where was Jesus on Monday morning? Where was Jesus on Tuesday? Where was he on Wednesday? Where was he on Thursday? Forgotten? See, that is heresy. That's moving from one meaningless thing to the next. And Sunday morning is useless. Your worship is a stench to him. It's noise to him. If that's how you're living your Christian life. God does not want us to live, to move from one meaningless thing to the next. In fact, on the contrary, I know I will get into trouble with many theologians about this because I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher, but my God created me with pleasure in mind. Did you get it? Jesus, when he created the world, he created fish so you could go fishing. He created fish with such beautiful colors that you've never even seen. And I wonder if you see that, it's like, man, when you see it, your jaw is going to drop. You see, God created you and me with success in mind, with pleasure in mind. He creates man, he says, it's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to create a companion for him, a beautiful woman. I mean, so beautiful that Adam starts singing a song, man. 
And he's like, whoa, you're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You're essence of my essence. God created you and me with pleasure in mind. Now, I said last week, the problem, though, is sin enters the world. And in this paradise that God created for us, we're now having to live in this tug of war of sin and paradise. And if we as Christians are not careful... Now, this morning, I, I mostly want to talk to Christians, but I'm going to be preaching a lot on repentance and giving your life to Jesus because it's quite possible that you're fooling yourself saying that you're a believer but your life really doesn't reflect it okay now your life doesn't reflect it not because you don't read your bible your life doesn't reflect it because jesus is not a part of those areas of satisfaction that you need in your life that you're supposed to have god created laughter Isn't that a beautiful thing god created laughter satan didn't create laughter god did god created food for you to mm, eat and enjoy god created fruit fruits he created mountains for you to go hiking on. He created oceans for you to go surfing on and go on boat rides. I mean, he even created country music, man. Like, come on, you can't go wrong with that, right? But he created recreation. Sometimes, we're going to get in the word very quick. Don't turn it off just yet. Sometimes, we over-spiritualize our life. Hey, I love you, and this is going to be very convicting, okay? The, the doctor's razor is going to come straight for your life, and it's going to be a good thing. Please receive it. Sometimes you over-spiritualize your life and you forego the paradise that God has for you. It's quite possible that where you're sitting right now, you're a self-righteous, stuck-up, arrogant, quote-unquote Christian, and you have no fun and misery loves company and so you cause others to feel misery so that you can feel miserable with them. God created paradise for you and me and God has pleasure in mind. The title for this morning is Satisfaction. Um, and my wife was like, hey, what image do you want? I was like, a donut. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Satisfaction. Mm. Imagine, hey, next time when we meet as a church, we will have donuts, okay, just because of this message. Imagine, man, glazed donuts that's like crunchy on the outside, like a little crispy on the outside. And it's, mm, sweet. I'm hungry. But satisfaction. God created us with satisfaction. Mind. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Look at the sky out in the night, man. God created that for you and me to be able to look at and find pleasure in this life. We were sitting out on a fire just not too long ago, just enjoying the warmth of it with some friends around. And going through the book of Ecclesiastes, opened my eyes to see the paradise that God has for me. And just how much God loves us. How much as a shepherd he leads us and guides us. But what we do is we stink it up and always spiritualize the joys in our life and we pray away the paradise that God has for us. And this morning, I believe that God wants to challenge our satisfaction. He wants to, to increase our satisfaction in Him. And Solomon, if you turn your Bibles to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 6, that's where we're going to be. He's going to illustrate three things that happen when you don't find your satisfaction in Jesus. There are three things that you will chase in this life. There are many other things, but he's going to point out three things that I think is very important of life that's trying to find a satisfaction outside of Jesus and what it would look like if we actually found our satisfaction in Jesus. Are you ready? Let's jump into this. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we sometimes think that Jesus is only needed for, what would you guess? We only need Jesus for salvation, forgiveness of sins, uh, hope for eternal life. Uh, we only need Jesus for, um, I don't know, help me out guys, to find a spouse um, I only need Jesus to, you know, get me out of trouble when I get caught. You know, we're like, Jesus, please help me and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. We think we need Jesus for certain, I would say, churchy things, you know, certain Christian things. What we're going to see in this passage is we need Jesus 
even in the most simplest of things. We need Jesus even to laugh. We need Jesus so that we can joyfully put our arm around a friend and enjoy the paradise that God has for you. The number one thing that, the first thing that Solomon's going to point out in Ecclesiastes chapter 6 is, he says you can have abundance with no joy. In fact, I would say you can have abundance without Jesus and not have any joy and still not have any joy. You can have abundance. There are many people who have a lot and they do not love Jesus. They do not know Jesus. They don't care about Jesus, but they have plenty. But a life that's lived without Jesus has no joy. You know, uh, you can travel the world and you can attain as much money as you can possibly get but not have the ability to enjoy it. I remember a friend of mine, he worked really, really, really hard and uh, this was in India and he bought a car. Now, you need to know that in India, um, people don't normally drive cars. Like, not everybody drives a car. Everybody would ride a motorcycle but not everybody drive a car. It was a luxury thing and it would, you would have to save a lot of money to buy a car. And so this guy, he buys a brand new car. The problem is he doesn't know how to drive it. So, he, he saved up money for many, many, many years and he went and got this beautiful brand new room, but it was blue. It was a nice car, metallic blue, but he did not know how to drive it. Guess where that car was parked most of the time? In my driveway, right? Because I would knew how to drive a car, so I would drive him around, then I would use the car for my... He was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and use it. But Solomon's going to say, you can have an abundance of things, but not have the ability to enjoy it because you don't know Jesus. Okay? That's just an illustration of what life looks like in different areas. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 1 he says there's an evil that I've seen under the sun and it lies heavy on mankind so right off the bat he says no one is exempt from this this is evil this is not just an unfortunate thing this is not just a oh man that's really sad oh no that's pity that person no this is evil do you get it this is ungodly this is unrighteous not what God intended not what God planned this is satanic demonic evil this is evil that I've seen under the sun and it lies heavy on mankind. So you are not exempt from this. I'm not exempt from this. Everyone is under this evil. What is it? And he says, a man to whom God gives wealth, possession and honor so that he lacks nothing at all that he desires. Pause right there. He has everything. God created paradise for man. You have everything. Not some of you guys, you've never gone hungry even one day. Every time you open the food, magically there's food for you to eat right and if it's not that you open it five times and lo and behold you have a grilled chicken right you have wealth you have possessions you have honor and you lack nothing of all that you desire yet God does not give him power to enjoy them but a stranger enjoys them this is vanity it's a grievous evil you know Solomon he had riches that you cannot even imagine man like seriously, I, I tried reading this and I, I cannot imagine it. Let me quickly read. It's not going to be up on the screen. It's from Second Chronicles chapter 9. It says, Now the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year, just one year, was 666 talents of gold. That's about, take a wild guess, 22 tons of gold. Not in his lifetime, in one year. 22 tons of gold, man, in one year. Besides that which the explorers and merchants brought, and all the kings of Arabia and the governor of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. So apart from that, he got even more. King Solomon made 200 large shields beaten of gold. Uh, 600 shekels of beaten gold went into each shield. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Now it goes on to say that this dude builds a throne made out of ivory. And guess what he does? He covers it in gold. He's like, you know what? Ivory is pretty cool and all, but let's cover it with gold. In fact, the Bible says that in his, in his time... The, the economy was so great that silver was like rocks and cedar, like expensive cedar was like sagebrush. It's like, yeah, whatever. 
Solomon had abundance, didn't have joy. Solomon had everything. He had the houses, he had the women, he had the horses, he had the chariots. In our lingo, it would be he had the mansions. He had, you know, special invites to the Playboy Mansion. He had the latest cars. He had all the latest gadgets. He had houses everywhere. He had in with the celebrities. In fact, celebrities would come to meet with him and to get counsel from him. He was the greatest guy on social media, but he didn't have joy. You might think that, well, this doesn't pertain to me. I'm not a rich guy, Joel. I drive a beaten Geo Prism. Okay, by the way, those are pretty cool cars. But you're like, this doesn't pertain to me, man. Rich people are the ones that struggle with this. You know, listen to me now. You are given abundance. And I'm not just talking because we're in America. If you're watching this in India, where you're one of the homeless people, you have abundance in this life. And you lack joy. And this is how you have abundance. When we are given life, and we don't know how to enjoy it, you're given abundance, but don't have the joy to enjoy it. You don't, God's not given us the ability because we've not sought Him for the ability to enjoy life. You see, we're given abundance with every breath. Right now you're breathing. You're given abundance. You don't deserve it. You have it. I'm breathing. I have more than I can ask or imagine, not just because of my stuff or my family or my children, because I have life. I'm breathing. And God has given us abundance, but we don't know how to enjoy it. You know, uh, one guy says, we have life and liberty, but the pursuit of happiness isn't going too well. Like Solomon says, we have all the abundance, but don't have the ability, the power, to be able to enjoy it. And it says, but a stranger enjoys them, and this is vanity, it's a grievous evil. You see, like I said earlier, Jesus does not want to be a part of just our Sunday morning service. He wants to be a part of everything in your life, even the areas where you're searching for joy. Because the abundance that God's given you, it's supposed to point you to Him, not away from Him. In Psalm chapter 39, verse 6, David writes, he says, we're merely moving shadows. We're merely moving shadows. And all our busy rushing ends is nothing. It ends in nothing, sorry. All our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. I really hope that the sorrows you're walking through right now now, as I say that you have abundance, you probably are rejecting that word because you probably are starving in areas in your life. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.